0: speak to you for the next few moments on on a message I've been trying to preach for the last couple of weeks but hey the spirit of god has he I will never try to do what I feel like I should do okay we should always strive to listen to his voice and follow after his voice but I believe and everybody that's been here has experienced this and I know we're on the brink of something extraordinary move of God like we've never seen before. And so the next week, next Sunday if you know lost loved ones if you, whatever, whatever it may be please invite them to come one night of this revival and whatever the Lord wants to do that's what we'll do because where his presence is can it changes things everybody who had an encounter with Jesus in the bible they left changed all right so if if you're living a life where you say I'm saved but nothing changed I'm gonna say I'm I just y'all know I'm real I'm gonna question that Because when anybody in the Bible experienced Jesus, they left changed. They started living a different way. So when you ask Him into your heart, there is a change that takes place. And if you get up from an altar or wherever it may be, and you go right back to living like you were, you was not sincere about that change. And you will find yourself... When that trumpet sounds, being left behind. Just I'm just real. We, we've played church. We've sugar-coated church. We've, we've tried to tiptoe around things for so long that now is the time to be direct and frankly just blunt about it. Because I care for you. I care for you. And that goes into this membership. What does it mean to be a member? Is it biblical? And and I don't get me wrong. Pastor is not worried about how many members we have in this church. I'm not. But if you're going to be a part of this church. Being a member. I want you to know what it means biblically. To be a member of this church. Because there's nothing that's. Basically, if you you have that experience with Jesus and you live like this word says, you won't have no problem being a member of the church. You won't. Is church membership biblical? If you would go to 1 Corinthians 12 with me. 1 Corinthians 12. Starting at verse 12. We'll read through this real quick. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body where the Jews or Greeks where the slaves are free and have all been made to drink into, into one spirit for in fact the body is one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the, where would, would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he's pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which think to be less honorable on these are bestowed greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having even given greater honor to the part which lacks it. And there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should be and have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, and if one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. So, what is church membership? What is it? Is it biblical? We can actually see it in Jesus' teachings before we ever get to the Acts and when the church is established. So where are at, Pastor? Well, let me, glad you ask. On Matthew 16 and 18, it says, that's when he tells Peter, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. You say, Pastor, that's the church as a whole. Like, whenever you get saved, that's the body of Christ. yes. And no. Because in Matthew 18 and 15, where Jesus is giving how you treat a brother in Christ, it says this. Matthew 18 and 15 says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, sins against you. Okay? I'm going to get this out right quick. Not you done something wrong to him, but he done something wrong to you. Well, us as Christians think, since he done something wrong to me then he should come to me. And what he says in the word, Jesus said, if your brother offends you or does something to you, you go to him. It's our job to go to them. If he hears you, If he sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take what you hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. All right? Y'all like that country word? So now we can't be talking about the church globally. We got to be talking about a local body of, of people. So go tell it to the church, but if he refuses even to hear to the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So there is a body of saints. When Paul writes the letters to the churches, in Philippians 1:1, he says unto the saints, All right, some people that the Catholic thinks the saints have done gone on, but Paul rejoices. It's the congregation that is there that he's uh, uh, talking to. So there is a body. When Paul writes these letters, even in Revelation, when John writes to the seven churches, he is writing to a body of churches, of believers, of people in that body, telling them what they've done wrong, what they've done good. So when they address these things, they're addressing a church at Philippi, a church at Corinth, a church at all these places. So that tells me there is a local body of church people right there. And if I'm going to bring a brother to the church, don't I need to know who's in that church? If I'm going to bring somebody before you, then I need to know who I'm bringing them to. It's a local body in the church. So we need to know, I need to know who those people are. Do you want? Should I just bring them to any, anybody? That's No, I can't just bring them to anybody. I got to bring them. To the church the people that I know so if, if I got to bring the people I know then these are people that are members of that local church who is your brother Matthew 12 and 50 says for what whoever does the will of my father in my heaven is my brother my sister or my mother also in Matthew 25 you'll read a story uh, in 25 14 through 30 of a master who left his house and he th- there's three servants in his house, and one he gives five talents to, one he gives two talents to, and one he gives one talent to. Well, how does he know? How does this master know who to give them to? Because they are a member of that house. They are servants of that house. I don't know, if I don't know that you're a member of this house, then I don't know to come to you. It's not about Pastor Jared wanting to see how many members he can get in the church. No. I need to know who I am over. If I don't know that I'm over you, then then I don't know, Brother Bird. I have no idea. So in this story, Matthew, he gives one servant five talents, one two, and one one. and, And he leaves. And their job as the members of that house is to Make sure the house is still going, to serve, to be a servant, to make sure everything's going, to take their talents that the master has given them and use those talents for his kingdom and for his glory. Well, guess what in this story? The master comes back to the house, and the one with five talents comes up to him and says, Listen, I've took these five talents, and I have doubled it and and got you ten talents here. And the master looks at him and says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The next one comes up to him and he gave two to. He says, look what I've done. I've took the two talents you've given me and I've doubled it and now I have four. He looks at him and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, the one who had one talent, he comes up to the master and says, listen, I know you're a just and a hard man. So I took my talent and I took it out into the field and I dug a hole and buried it. Because I didn't want anything to happen to it. And then here, here is my one talent. The master looks at him. And tells him, no. Basically, you have not done what you were supposed to do. Here we can find what a member, believe it or not, is in the church. In the church. God gives you talents. You use those abilities in that, in that house. You use them there. I, this is pretty hard. Now, the ones who were using their talents and doing things, God told him, Good, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have done right. You have done everything you want. But the one who didn't do anything with his talent and covered it up, he said, No, you're not. This is what I'm getting at. When you get saved, that could be, this is just Jared and Jared theology 101, means nothing. Just my brain thinking. All right, when you get saved, then you should be a servant. You should do everything this Bible tells you to do. All right? So that's talents. You should be working on, and, and using those talents and abilities that God gives you, serving the church, serving that house, serving your community, serve. But the one thing you're not supposed to do is get saved. The one who got the one talent, this is what he done. He dug a hole on his pew, put his salvation right there. Turned around and sat down on it. When God come back, the master come back. Hey, I took it. I sat on the pew all my life. Did nothing with it. You know what he told him, Brother Bird? Taking yours and giving it to somebody else. Just in that story right there. Now this is just in that story right there. You could say... If you get saved and set on the pew, there's a likelihood, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make people mad here. There's a likelihood when the master comes back, he leaves you right there on that pew. You see what I'm saying? There's a likelihood that you won't, you won't make it to heaven. Because once you get saved, change happens. Change happens. You don't pat out your pew and sit down on it and say, "I'm a member of this this church and I'm going to sit right here." No, you're not a member of this church. You're just as whole, you're just a pew warmer. And when God comes back, you might still be a pew warmer. That spot might be still just hot as you for the day you got saved. And when He comes back, and you'll still be there. And the ones who are doing things with their talents. We'll be called up and going on with him. Acts 2. Yeah, it's quiet in the holiness church. Somebody say amen. Acts 2. When we see the church in Acts 2 get established. I knew this was going to be a bumpy ride. Acts 2 verse 40, 40 says, And when with many other words, Paul got up and he's preaching, Peter got up and he's preaching this great sermon uh, after the Holy Ghost has been poured out. And he says, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation, then those who gladly received his word would baptize. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. How did they know it was 3,000 souls? Somebody was writing it down. Somebody was taking account, Brother Byrd, of the people who were getting saved. Later on in Acts chapter 4, it says, about 5,000 more souls were had it. How did they know that? Somebody was keeping a tab on who it was. Because they were bodies of believers being established then. They were churches being established in people's houses. It says, so when, when they got saved, something happened when the people got saved. They didn't just leave and wander about. They... They became a part of something, and the Bible calls it the church. Because if we leave, what did they do? In verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, it says, "...and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Their fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs was done through the apostles." Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Okay. So when they got saved, they just didn't wander around. They didn't leave. Leave then and just wonder, oh, we've been saved? What do we know? They plugged in with a group of people and started discipling, started learning the teachings, breaking bread, having fellowship, miracles, signs, wonders was done in in the midst of the apostles. All these things were happening. They were taking notes of all this and and, and the people that were part of this. But now, what's happened? Like I said, it's opposite nowadays. There's a story of a, a Methodist preacher a Baptist preacher and a Pentecostal preacher. They were sitting in a restaurant one day and the Methodist preacher said, I have a, I have a major problem with a bunch of possums at the church. Can't get rid of them. I've tried everything that I know to do and just can't get rid of them. The Pentecostal preacher said, I have the same problem. There's possums at our church. I've done everything, but I can't get rid of them. Can't get them to go nowhere. And the Baptist preacher spoke up and said, I had that problem, but I don't have it anymore. So the Methodist preacher and the Pentecost preacher said, What did you do? He said, Well, I took them in as members. Now they only come on Christmas and Easter. (laughs) You're not supposed to just wonder. We have a bunch of CEO Christians. Christmas and Easter only Christians. Are you a CEO Christian? Are you that? It seems like when you take somebody into the church, though, as a member... You may not see them again. they here. They. I want to become a member. Next week, where are they? They're gone. But what we can see, the life of the church here in Acts wasn't just a come when you can church. There was a defined, recognized group of people. Who believed and served daily. In verse 42, it says they continued. Verse 46, it said they continued daily with one accord. What does continued mean? It means faithful. The first act of membership is being faithful. To the body of, of that you want to be a member to. The first act of membership is to be faithful. And we have such a hard time with that right there in itself. Too many things going on in the world. Too many things pulling for a time. I can't be a faithful person. Can't be there. I can't be there. If you can't be a faithful attendee of the church, then you're probably, you're, you're not fulfilling the member part of your of what the church done in Acts chapter 2. These people continued daily. They continued steadfastly with one mind and one accord. And done all this every day. So you heard me say this Wednesday night. Don't let your lips and your actions preach two different messages. Don't say I'm a member and I never see you. As far as I'm concerned you're not a member. I don't know who you are. I've had several tell me that I've met at funerals and stuff like that I'm a member of this church really I've never seen you in five months I've never seen you darken the doors of this church and you tell me you're a member well then you don't know what a member means I had one the other day tell me he said I'm a member here been a member here like 40 or 50 years I was like really I said I've never seen you before he said well I go down to the Baptist church now well, What am I supposed to do with that? How can I do anything with that? If, if for some reason... I'm going to go here, okay? Because we've been having a, a lot of this. If for some reason you pass away, what am I supposed to do? Or well, is the Baptist... Are you a member there? Or are you a member here? I've never seen you, but you tell me you're a member here, but you're going to church down there... <sighs> That's the reason, that's the only reason I want to know if you're a member here. Am I, as the shepherd of this flock, uh, over you, need to know this. Who am I to care for? If, you've, if you're going to another church and still say you're a member here, please just move your membership there. If that's where you want to attend, Pastor Jerry will not be mad at you at all. Trust me, I will not. As long as you're going to church somewhere, well, then let that pastor know that, hey, I want to be under your leadership and in your care. Not just attend there and say, well, I'm a member down here. thats You're not a member here. The first act of membership is faithfulness. There's a story of a small boy the country club was coming to his town it wasn't a golf course yet it was just a restaurant a swimming pool It was the first stage they were middle class people and this was a small, small town nobody there had a swimming pool and so his parents become a member of this country club well the boy thought man I have arrived I have arrived because I can go down and go, go swimming anytime I want to in this big pool my friends don't have this. Nobody in the community does. I can go up here to the snack bar or order, order me a hamburger and eat. I can have birthday parties here. I can do all this. Man, we have arrived. He began to learn a lesson. He's began to learn that membership means perks. Membership means privileges. Membership means others will serve me. That's the, that's the mindship. That we say when I say membership, that others are going to serve me. You just pay the going rate, you can come, and others will take care of you while you enjoy life. That's what y'all think I'm here for. I ain't going to say everybody. I should call it. A lot of people think that's what the pastor's here for. Pastor, I pay my tithes, I pay the going rate. You're here for me, you're here to serve me. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. And I'll prove that. And tragically, this is what membership means to many church members. Is that my church, you have to play the music just the way I want it. Has anybody heard that before? Look, pastor, you need to remember who pays your salary. I'll tell you this, as long as I'm following God, you don't pay anything that covers me. God will take care of me. So if you think just because you pay your salary you get to run the church, well I invite you out the back door. That's hard, Pastor. If you don't do this program, well I'll, I'll if you don't do it my way I'll just withhold my tithes. I don't need them. It's not about me. I've been a member of this church for 30 years, so I have the right to get what I want. A lot of people in the Bible, biblically, when they say elders, our mind goes to somebody who's been in the church 30 years. That's not biblical. An elder in the Bible could be a young person, could be an old person, but an elder was the one who opened up their houses for people and brought them in and taught them and discipled them in the teachings of God's word. That was an elder biblically in the Bible. So are you an elder now? Nope. Just because you've been here thirty years, well, I'm an elder of this. You're not. An, if you ain't got your house open, teaching, serving in this church, you ain't an elder. You just got your hole there, and you dug down and put your talent there, and that's where you sit every Sunday. Whew. God, I thank you for revival next week. Acts six and one. Acts six and one. The church was growing so fast that they didn't know what to do. So they come, and they say, listen, there's a problem in the church. Can you imagine that? Church just got established in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 6. There rose a problem. They said the widows need to be taken care of. All right, let me go biblical on y'all again. Of what are we supposed to take care of our widows? Absolutely. But back then, let's see what why this was happening. Well, the synagogue was a Jewish synagogue. When Christianity broke forth in Acts chapter two, if these widows uh, became a Christian, did the Jewish synagogue kicked them out. Well, the Jewish synagogue did have a benevolence fund that took care of these widows, but when they became a Christian, they kicked them out. And so they were some Christians in the church, and now they wouldn't get a benevolence. I mean, widows in the church, they wouldn't get a benevolence. And it's causing some problems. What did the great preacher, what did the great preacher do at that time in Acts chapter six? He said, Their widows were neglecting the day of distributing the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, Is it not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables? Ooh. What did he say? He said, is it, is it not desirable that I leave teaching the word of God to go serve the tables? We're talking about the, the pastor of the church. Acts chapter 1, that is verse 2. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, is it not desirable that we leave the word of God? And he talking about disciples and serve tables. So what did, what did uh, Peter and them say? There's a problem, he said, you take care of it. What? What? Can you imagine the pastor getting up here and you come to me with a problem and be like, take care of it, Philip. What he was saying, do you want me to spend all my time addressing every problem and every situation out in the people, in the community, or do you want me to spend my time seeking God's face and studying God's word to give you a word? So what did they do? They picked out among them. So he said, Seek among you. is so what I said, Seek among you. Well, how did they know where to seek? Because they were members of the church. Seek among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, whom we may appoint over the businesses. But we will give ourselves continuing to prayer and the ministry of the word. So he says, I right, find you seven people who's full of the Holy Ghost and put them over the business of this. We're going to continue in prayer and preaching the word of God. That's where the pastor's council comes in. That's the deacons. That's biblical. This going to hit my pastor's council here. Come down everybody's road today. I ain't been down years. Just wait. I'll be down in a minute. What was your, the, pastor, the pastor's council is just not to go in there with me and us. Their job as a pastor's council is to take care of the business of the church so I don't get bogged down in it. That's biblical. So there was problems in the first in, in the early church, and they set people out. and They had how did they know these people? Because they had to be members of that church to know who they were setting out. All right, this all we're going back to First Corinthians now, the moment I have been waiting for. Yeah, that looks pretty dumb, don't it? I agree with you, it does. Alright. We're going back to 1 Corinthians, and it talks about the body of Christ and being members. So it's also as a local body. So let me tell you something. When you become a member of this church, there is something unnatural. Hear me and hear me well right now. There is something unnatural about a Christian attaching himself to a body, a church of believers, and yet not choosing to function. As a member of that body. It's in Corinthians. It's unnatural. So what are you saying? I'm saying if you're a Christian and you are a member of this church. As a body. It's unnatural for you to become a member of that. And not function in that body. This is you. You're not where you're supposed to be. I've already got two arms. I don't need another one. There's no life in you. If you connect yourself to me, all you're doing is draining me because I'm having to carry you around and tote you around and you're still here. Oh, this is. Lord, help me word this right. Y'all might want my resignation after this. Is there anything good right here? So there's something unnatural for you to be a member of the body of Christ and not function as a member in that body of Christ. So if you're coming to church and you're not doing anything, you are this. You're around my neck, burning me down, not doing anything for the church house. You are draining. You are pulling. You are doing all those things. You're not functioning. Oh, that's hard. That was hard. Yeah, it was hard to say, too. This is no good. This does me no good, but just everywhere, everywhere. It causes me not to be able to function like I want to function. It's not where it needs to be. And we have, I've got one around my neck. Just think if I had 50 tied around me somewhere, Brother Bird. These are members... They function under the head. They do, they move, they go. Everything has a function. These are members. These are members. These are members. This is not a member. If this is you, you might attend church, but you are not a member. You are not a member of the body. You're a cancer. Oh, well, that's hard. What does the cancer do? It sets there and it connects into the body with its veins and it pulls at the body and pulls at the body, takes nutrients, it takes other things, and it constantly grows and festers. That's you. Ooh. Thank God for revival next week. There's something unnatural about this. If you're a member of the body of Christ and you do not serve, there's something unnatural about it. Members help define, memberships help define who has made the commitment to lead. Choose to be a functioning member of the body. Choose to be a functioning member of the body. There's congregations across America right now that are weak. Because many church members have lost biblical understanding of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. We join churches expecting others to serve us, to feed us, to care for us. That's what this is. It wants to be fed. It wants me to take care of it. It wants me to take it in and clothe it and shelter it. But it's not doing me any good. It's draining me. It's in the way. And that's what we think being a member is. You take care of us. We don't like hypocrites in the church, but we fail to see our own hypocrisy. God did not give us local churches to become clubs where membership means we have privileges and perks. He placed us in churches to serve, to care for others, to pray for leaders, to learn, to teach, to give, in some cases even to die for the sake of the gospel. Many churches are weak because we have turned the membership meaning upside down, and it's time we get it right. Become a member of a church as God intended. It's time to give instead of being entitled. Stop trying also to make everyone look the same. First Corinthians, he said, don't if we an eye is not a foot. Let the eye be an eye. They're not all going to look like you. Let them operate in who they are. Don't try to change them. If we all was this, what would we do? Probably sat around and slap each other. (laughs) Because you're not doing it right. No, you're not doing it right. No, you're not doing it right. Does that sound like the church? (laughs) So we're all different. Quit trying to make other people into something they are. Quit trying to make the church look like you want it to look. Let the church be its members. Let the church do that. Philip, I'm trying to stop if you can come up here. Philippians four fourteen. He's writing. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. And he also tells them in this, Thank you for your giving. Thank you for taking care of me. So he's writing to a body of believers, and y'all, y'all know I don't like talking about money, but he's thanking them for sending money. Even when He says, even when I was in Corinth, somewhere else you still sent money to me. It, it does require that. It does require you giving. What did they do in Acts chapter 2? They sold everything they have, and they give it to the church. Am I telling you to go say, sell everything and give it to the church? No, I'm not telling you that. If you want to, that's fine. I'm just telling you to be a member is a servant. You take your talent that God gives you and you serve the local body of the church. You don't dig yourself a little padded pew and you don't sit there on it the whole time. So what does being a member of the is it biblical? Yes. What does it mean? It means you get saved and you serve. If you're just warming a pew right now, you are this to the church. If there's no action and you just serve, you are this. Do you want to be this? No. The bad thing is, when Jesus comes back, he ain't taking this with him. Functioning members of the body is what he has taken with him. This is not a functioning member of the body of Christ. I'm going to take it off because it's bothering me. You Take that, my... Prophetic, you take that ever how you want to take that. Luke chapter 5 gives a great, and you may not even look ever looked at it this way. 5, I think, verses 17. But it's believed they're probably in Peter's house, Jesus is. And in this story, this is the story about four friends that bring their buddy and let him down through a roof. Y'all know it. But in this story, it says the house is packed with Pharisees, and I, y'all have heard, I've preached on them, Sadducees, lawyers, teachers. The house is packed with the religious people. And it actually says in Luke that the power of God was there to heal them all. <laughs> to heal them all. Not just. And I think that's the church right now. If, if I can see what uh, a church that we're in, we're all there. Jesus is here and we all flock to the church and we all come. And the power of God is there to heal every one of us. But we don't want to recognize that we are this and not a functioning member of the body. But they was four, these four guys to me represented what it meant to be a member of the church. And they wasn't even in there. They heard where Jesus was. We got a buddy that can't walk. He's paralyzed. They go, all four of them, come to the front door where the power of God, where the power of God is there to heal everybody in there because that's what Luke says. And they can't get in the church because of the religious people. So what do they do? They climb up, they tear a hole in the roof, and they let him down. That was four members that I would love to have That's what it means to be a member of the church, caring for others, getting them to Jesus no matter the cost. No matter if you've got to climb up and tear things down to get them to Jesus. That's a perfect picture to me of the church. God is here to heal every one of us, but we do not realize that we are this. If you are not serving in this church, you are this you are that. If you would stand with me. How can I serve? There's a, there's a million ways you could serve. A million ways. This is what we do. We say I'll take the kids department and the nursery because we have the hardest time, especially in the nursery, find people who will take spot if everybody in this church would say I will do one week you probably wouldn't have to do it the rest of the year so I need to be in church I need to be fed I need to be. I understand that but you don't think the people that uh, Michelle and Diane and them I think they may have been in two services since I've been here for five months you don't think they need to be fed Do you think your talent that you've dug and set on your pew because I can tell you though when God comes back He's going to say, your talent on that pew didn't amount to a hill of beans to me. Where are you serving? Where are you serving? So what does it mean to be a member and is it biblical? Yes, it's biblical to be a body, to know who I am over and who I'm responsible for. Not, and for the other thing is for you to serve. Serve this body of Christ. Serve this body of Christ. If we all took on that responsibility, we wouldn't burn people out and burn people out Lord I thank you I want you to ask yourself today simple question are you this are you this because God is not taking this with him to heaven he's taking something that is working and functioning working and functioning Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and all your many blessings. Lord, I pray, God, that we get what it means to be biblically, God, a member of your church, Lord. God, that we plug ourselves in, God, and we serve you. Lord, that we get things, the talents you give us, God, and we go, God, and we take them and we use them. That we don't just sit on a pew. God, that we actually serve you. Lord, I thank you for this day. I pray, God, that everybody examine their hearts, Lord, and and you, God, open new revelation to them, God, and what it is to be a member of the church, Lord Jesus. Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for that. And we praise you. I'll let Philip close us out with a song, but if you need prayer or anything like that, these altars are open, let me also go I'll say this the, the camera that I asked for, somebody's done told me they'd pay for it amen so you be praying be praying, like I said I want us to be functioning and I don't want the dead of this church to be be this around our necks cause we're trying to do, we are trying to do trust me we are Philip, sing and and you. I reckon you could be dismissed. We need to see the teachers in this uh, conference room right quick. The leaders, uh, you're welcome to go to the fellowship hall, but y'all worship with him in one course as he sings, and then you are dismissed. Sing holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside. You.